0: The United States federal government finally admits that COVID likely came from a lab leak, making them all conspiracy theorists. And because now it's the start of Women's History Month, we all get to celebrate all those biological men now dressing as women. All that and much more, much much more here at the Politically Tolerant. My name is Cooper Brown.
1: My name is Zachary Gruber.
0: If you like what we talk about, uh, we'd appreciate it if you liked and subscribed. It would uh, we really appreciate it. Zach, why don't you uh, tell us what's going on in the news?
1: Yeah, so apparently now, which is a good thing, the Department of Energy has recently announced that the origins of coronavirus came from a lab leak in Wuhan. Now that's helpful from before because before they used to call them conspiracy theorists, people who believe in that. So at least that's a good
0: step forward. Not only did they call them conspiracy theorists, they, you were kicked off of YouTube, any social media, if you even uttered the word um, Wuhan lab, because they, everyone just thought it was the most ridiculous thing ever. You know How could a coronavirus come from a lab where they were uh, manipulating SARS viruses and it came from the same place? Like it, it's kind of a logical deduction that that uh it came from a lab but um the the news part about it is that Fauci who is the king of the coronavirus who it was his whim that you know basically everything in the United States um under the 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 2021 2022 events basically transpired under um was very much aware of the fact that this most likely came from a lab
1: yeah it was interesting i mean they said i mean there were this there was this quote uh by elon musk pretty much indicating this, i thought it was very interesting it got a lot of controversy controversy and it said actually uh dr fauci actually knew about uh, the gain of function research in wuhan and actually there's this hypothesis that he actually funded it through this, this organization, organization called well, EcoHealth, which directly funds that Wuhan vi- uh, virus in China. Well, so, that's I mean, not. We don't really know for sure. Yeah, we don't. Can't jump into conclusions, of course. But that def- that definitely seems like that is kind of interesting parallel. We don't know for sure, so we have to see more evidence. But it's something interesting to just mention in regards to that.
0: But it's exactly what a liberal would say. I mean.
1: oh maybe it was
0: yeah maybe he was funding it it was pretty he's he's released letters to other infectious disease Mm -hmm. scientists basically confirming that you know that he had some uh, uh, involvement in that which is where a lot of those um um, virologists then indicated that this on a molecular level is very consistent with something that's been manipulated in a lab but again, for the longest time, this was something that we were not even allowed to utter on YouTube or even on Twitter. You'd get banned for it, You'd labeled a nutcase. Yeah. Um, but it's it's funny to see that these things, they become full circle. There's the new saying now, if you've heard that, a conspiracy now is the truth in, in uh, six months.
1: Right.
0: And this is the same thing, where it's just like, <laughs> yeah. what was a conspiracy? Turns out to be true very recently, which has not always been the case, but lately that has been holding really true. Um, and, and no, no, go ahead. Yeah, no,
1: so it's interesting what you're saying about the conspiracy theory and how people who, I mean, it seems like during the pandemic, people who were malcontent with what was going on were labeled by mainstream media, by the government, by media uh, corporations. As being uh, conspiracy theorists, nut jobs, right, anti vaxxers its just an easy way of uh, doing so. I thought that was really interesting. But you know, going off of that, and what you're saying, I do definitely believe Dr. Fauci propagated lies, and his involvement with the COVID-19 lab is very uh, interesting. Uh, it's actually very likely, and I think perhaps more we can see more into that. But you know, mm-hmm. just something really interesting, which I thought—you know, I mean. Why were we trusting after? Ooh, the government disclosed about the Wuhan virus, something that we both knew for a while. Something that American people, a lot of American people knew for a while. So just why now? I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, I mean, this is my hypothesis, so this is not completely true. But you know, re- recently, as you know, in Saturday Night Live, Woody Harrelson, you know, exposing um, the government, calling them drug cartels during the pandemic. Now, just something like that on a mainstream media put it out such a a reaction uh, that it led to, uh, you know, it did lead to a media firestorm, and maybe the government wanted to cover their asses. So perhaps the reason why they did that, and perhaps they, you know, put China on the bus. I'm not saying, you know, that's the main reason, and you know, me saying that can't be the conclusion of everything, but it is a possibility. Um, you have a lot this
0: time you have a lot of faith in woody harrison and his power and ability <laughs> i mean I know, right? I know, I know. yeah go ahead yeah go ahead so the, i know there is um some uh hearings going on based on on the the filings that are being um passed by the senate i believe that that they would allow um you know their documentation around surrounding COVID to be public um there's some very interesting stuff. Uh, um, a doctor Martin uh, McCary, I believe is how you pronounce it, who's um, uh, an infectious diseases from John Hopkins University. He was before Congress just the other day, um, kind of throwing the government and Dr. Fauci just under the bus, just completely obliterating them <laughs> and comparing them to like the their reign during the COVID era, just. So dic- dictatorial, saying that um, Fauci was just lying constantly—that he was very much aware um, of the origins of COVID, but purposely suppressed it—and um, it was hysterical to see, to see, um, to say the least. Um, but kind of something that was a little more scary because this is all surrounding this kind of gain-of-function research topic that's been. Going on, and the last week we talked a little bit about the um, the Project Veritas scoop that came out, where uh, there was the Pfizer employee that said that they were going to do gain-of-function research to make sure that um, in the future that they'll have a vaccine for whatever mutation of COVID. But John Kirby, if you know him, he's the national secretary of um, the national security spokesperson. Uh, he was asked whether Joe Biden is in favor of gain-of-function research and whether that the ends justify the means and he said that Joe Biden quote understands and uh, un- And is Aware of the function that this research provides and says it was necessary so One of the most ridiculous things where you're literally playing God with diseases in, a, in an extremely mm-hmm. dangerous way, just like yeah, let's just keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, go. I mean, going off that, it's like
1: knowing what's happening with the COVID lab leak. That, on top of, took place. It's just so dangerous for him to actually say that. You know, Josh Kirby said that in, in a press review. I mean, just because of the gain of function research could have led to the exacerbation exabora- ex- ex- of uh, the COVID nineteen virus as itself. So, I mean, him saying that, you know, shows, I mean, perhaps fine has a dealing with, but maybe, you know, maybe, maybe with the Senate, what happened with the COVID-19 act uh, with Josh Holly, Josh uh, Holly promoted in the Senate, perhaps we'll see more information to force, you know, Joe Biden to close some information about what's actually going on, the origins of COVID. I, I mean, I find that really interesting, but, you know, it go so go ahead first and have something to so.
0: Uh Well, mm-hmm. I was just going to say what that say? Uh, the thing that I want to see is I want to see some accountability from China, right? Because millions of people died from COVID, you know, globally, and are, we're just going to let China, just going to let them off hands-free with a slap on the wrist, just don't do it again, even though up until, um, what was it, like? october of 2019 they were very aware of covid and its effects and purposely didn't do anything about it not only purposely didn't do anything about it but sent people um that were in the area to other countries so that's the thing that makes me most upset Is just there's no accountability for anything anymore um yeah even though something that's serious as people funding, gene function research. Dr. Fauci, who is a record of, as a whole other track record during the, the AIDS uh, scare. And we drag him out from his grave to, to handle COVID, which was a genius idea. Um, but we'll never see that. It's not even that Biden plays patty cake with the Chinese government. I don't know if we would, if anybody in power, they'd really have the stones to, um, kind of put the restrictions yeah. that should be in place for China for the COVID actions.
1: You know, I mean, interesting you say that, but like accountability in China, I mean, there's not even accountability for our involvement in the pandemic. I mean, you see this uh, combination of big pharma government and uh, mainstream media colluding to bring about a certain narrative. So, I mean, that's what I'm seeing. And with this lab leak in particular, the reason why also I don't think it was mentioned till recently was the fact that um, them telling the truth in a situation would be more damaging for what they want to do. Because, I mean, l- let's say let's say they did bring about the truth. Let's say it, just, it was during the height of the pandemic and they said it was a lab leak. Then people would start to question other things, like the, uh, like the lockdowns, like the vaccine mandates, like the... Uh, the, the, the lying with the hospitalization rates mm-hmm. of COVID people getting COVID. I mean, all these things people would lie. you know, people would want to know after that because people would start questioning the authority. Cause if they lied about the COVID, you know, they're saying it wasn't lab leak and it, it did, and they end up backtracking that people would start questioning the authorities themselves, you know, and this leads to something else. So I thought, you know, people actually that they don't want you to know is stuff between people with vacciners and anti-vaccinators, the thing they fabricated in media, calling people anti-vaxxers who were in the cult or, you know, people were spreading conspiracy theorists like the lab theory. I mean, that, that in itself as well. I mean, look, look, people in power, like Joe Biden even said people during the pandemic, anti-vaxxers were not contributing to they were the main cause of the problem or reason why they're in a mm-hmm. pandemic and they, they should, should be feel bad, bad about, about themselves. themselves, even media. Famous media, media people like, like howard, howard stern, stern said fuck your liberties f- fuck your rights you have to you should be mandatory to get vaccines people like that right people who should have the reputation to tell people and bring people together are being more divisive and i think a lot of that has to do with all these three people three groups of people trying to make a narrative and spin a narrative so they can profit off of it and that's i mean that's where you see all these things and pfizer is not going anywhere man they're not you see ads of them everywhere and it doesn't matter even on Fox News you can see an ad of uh, mm. Pfizer even during the Super Bowl you saw an ad so yeah they're, they're they're profiting off of this and they're still profiting off I don't think that's going away and yeah we should hold like you said Cooper we should hold China accountable because that's important but you know I don't remember I think there's Trump I don't know if you know about this but Trump proposed to make China pay what like a, some some certain amount of money for their uh, damages during the pandemic I don't know if you know
0: about that. I mean, Never. I've heard proposals about that. I don't – I mean, the yeah. loss of millions of lives, I don't know how you can put a price tag on that and justify it. And, and it's not just Americans. This is a worldwide phenomenon that they've affected. Um, but the, the problem I have with your hypothesis is that that's already mm-hmm. come true, that the trust in media and in government bodies has tanked because of the um, – their relationship to the covid virus and their coverage of it and now it's gone so far to the extreme that very legitimate scientific benefits that we've had normal people will now will always be skeptical with like any sort of like child-friendly vaccines that we give our children um, when they're born or when they graduate school everyone is going to think of those differently now and a lot of people are now are going to be more are not going to give things that we know that are truly effective, forms of medical science to other generations because of this entire experience. So it already has created a huge level of distrust in the normal population.
1: I mean, I don't disagree. There's this lack of distrust, but like a lot of people, it's still, like you could see maybe it's the division between political parties and when you proceed on the left versus the right. And the right, obviously, they have a skepticism of the vaccine. Not all the people on the right, which is obviously true, and not all people on the left are not not skeptical of it. But like you talk to Democrat and or, you know, someone on the left or, you know, not in general demographic, but, you know, there's sometimes they still perceive people and anti-vaxxers and in, in Trump supporters in the same category. They put them in the same category and the view of them as. You know, being distrustful, being radicals, being extremists. I mean, there's still that discontent. And that was brought about through the pandemic. And I, I think that's what it got exacerbated through media focusing on certain things and creating divisions with that. But yes, I do see there's more of a skepticism towards certain scientific methods. But I, I don't know if that's a general consensus amongst everything.
0: Well, I mean, that was still, the thing. Um, that was the thing Democrats were, were complaining about when it was still considered the Trump vaccine, right? That's when they were skeptical about it. <laughs> and then as soon as Biden became president, it's like, oh, everyone take the vaccine. Like, it's the greatest thing ever. But remember, Kamala, um, Nancy Pelosi saying that she wasn't going to take the the vaccine. And um, I don't know. neither did, I believe, Kamala Harris said, like, we're not taking the vaccine. But then as soon as Joe Biden becomes president, it's like, oh, we got to get triple vaxxed. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. Wear like two masks. That's a mask and like a visor and a
0: mask. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. You laugh, but that was in le- yeah. those were in legitimate papers of the, the importance of wearing multiple masks. I'm so glad that COVID is over, but people are still trying to yeah, wrangle in as much of the fear as possible. Um That's what I'm saying. If anything, if anything,
1: that should have been noted. From the pandemic experience for everyone for americans themselves right should be that yeah, you shouldn't trust government so wholeheartedly and that people are um are accustomed to join in groups and mm. you know in certain things divide people into certain categories that's our nature which we you know we have to create more of a unity and that's what we should focus on instead of creating division amongst stupid things like who's vaccinated and who's not but mm. yeah any, any, anything else for you, Cooper, on that subject? No,
0: I think that's a good place to, because uh, I want to talk to you about this this topic because this has been hilarious. This mm-hmm. is where I've been getting all my entertainment for the week. Um, Lori Lightfoot, who was the, who is technically still the mayor of Chicago, they recently had their their election, but she apparently is so unlikable, did so badly that she will be the first. Uh, mayor of chicago to lose a re-election in 40 years that's pretty funny <laughs> it is uh, embarrassing yeah and wait were they all like in 40 years this has been mainly democrats right who've, i mean it's chicago in, uh, so in <laughs> yeah fair 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 right yeah. but she, yeah. i mean i, I mean that yeah go ahead. Lori lightfoot i mean she kind of blew up during the covid era as well because she's just this she implements everything that the radical left personifies almost to a t like she is uh basically won her position because she's black and a lesbian and she has all those intersectionality (laughs) traits she's way up on the hierarchy Um, but anything that she's touched is just awful just awful 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 (laughs) Yeah, but Cooper, she's the biggest victim because she's a lesbian, because she's black,
1: because she's a woman, Cooper.
0: I, I don't know how you don't understand that. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what... She, if you have been listening to her recently, that's exactly what she's saying. But uh, I wanted to go through kind of the... A little bit of a reminder of the things that she did during her time as mayor. Um, she was, in terms of crime, one of the worst mayors I've ever seen in crime ever. In, in 2020... Uh, her crime increased in her state so much that it was five times that of New York city and two and a half times that of Los Angeles. And I don't know if you've been around Los Angeles, dog, it is the worst. Like you can't walk 10 steps without seeing a crime commit, without seeing a burglary, without seeing a carjacking, without seeing homeless people fighting for drugs on the street. <laughs> you, dude,
1: I mean, I, I know you're from Calabasas recently. I mean, before, and I'm from mm-hmm. L.A., bro. But whenever I go to, like, because I'm, like, you know, as, as we talked about before, I'm a huge SC football fan. But whenever I go to SC football games, we have, I have to go through, you know, some parts sometimes go through Skid Row. And, mm-hmm. like, like you said, dude, like, it's like a homeless encampment. It's like a third-world country, dude. You just yep. see, like, it's middle of 2 p.m. on a Saturday and homeless people fighting over, like, a sandwich or something. It's ridiculous, and it's, it's a really, you know, horrible um, mm-hmm. thing that's going on. And, I mean, that could be representative of... Democratic uh, mm-hmm. mayors as a whole. I mean, it, I mean, it, policy you in know, general. And you see this policy in general, exactly. But I mean, yeah, we see the three most, the three biggest cities um, who are most inflicted by crime are Democrat, mm-hmm. St. Louis, Baltimore. Oh, man, I can't remember the other one. But three mm-hmm. cities. I don't, I don't think it's Chicago. I think Chicago might be fifth. Yeah. But still, it, all, all of them all of them were democratic mm-hmm. mayors. I mean, that has to be a bigger phenomenon, a bigger problem. The reason why it's taken place.
0: Yeah. That's what always people were saying, or the democratic media was talking about before uh, a couple weeks ago, when they were saying that, Oh, all these violence, um, are occurring in red States. Well, it's the blue cities in the red States that are committing all the violence by the way. <laughs> um, and it has to do a hundred percent with their governance. Um, because absolutely. Lori Lightfoot, for an example, was, uh, during the, the COVID mandate era, or her, you could say her, her, di- her, um, her reign of terror, I guess, during those couple of years, um, <laughs> her, in the, yeah. sh- the Chicago yeah. PD was refusing a vax mandate mm-hmm. that she was pushing and she filed a lawsuit against them and called them insurrectionists because they didn't want to be forced to take wow. an experimental drug during the time. Um, and and under the, all that guys, um, car threat car thefts blew out through the roof the roof. Excuse me. Um, I believe in 2020 yeah. there were about 2,000 carjackings uh, per year. So that's like once every five hours or so. Um, and she would, if you remember, at that time, that's when. That 2021 2022 area, or sorry, 20 and 2021, those were all those the George Floyd riots, right? right? And at that same time, she was famous or became famous because she was caught getting her hair done during the COVID lockdowns, even though she was super strict. Uh, no one's allowed to leave the house. She she pushed for um, during Thanksgiving and Christmas and weddings and funerals that only have a ten person capacity that was she's that that lady that made that super popular during that time so but it was okay to riot it was okay to be out in public smashing windows and and stealing things with no masks on but if granny died then you're not allowed to go to her funeral jesus
1: yeah oh my god man that is so horrible i mean like I th- were those like the main principle? I mean, that's what I heard. What those some main principal reasons why she was kicked out of office for just horrible policy decisions like that? Just like the hypocrisy of her reign, right?
0: Well, of course, because when your crime is going through the roof, when she literally implements a vaccine passport and then publicly states that this is done to disenfranchise non vax people, again, kind of like what you were saying, kind of creating this divide, this, this haves and the have nots basically. When she's openly says that any criticism that she's ever been given is 99% because of the fact that she is black and a woman in, I believe in July of 2021, she said that she was only going to take, um, interviews from reporters that are black. And can you imagine if any, if, uh, Donald Trump or even Joe Biden said that I'm only taking interviews from white guys, which. Joe Biden might actually slip up and say that anytime soon. I mean, he might, (laughs) he said his own kind of racist things, but any, any person on the right saying or acting in these kind of ways, they'd be thrown over the fire and raked across the colds. But because, uh, she's super progressive, she gets the protection clauses of her intersectionality and um, was praised for the longest time. Um, But Thankfully, she'll be, she'll be gone and we won't miss her.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's just interesting. You're talking about Maybe this is a bigger phenomenon, but there was a poll done and talking about, uh, cause the thing is this idea of like black people can't be racist. I mean, this is a very uh, controversial subject, but mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of interesting. You're talking about, there's a poll done about if black people couldn't be racist Oof. and there's a poll done that 50% said well yeah but tw- uh, starting 27 percent, no no 28 percent said they can't be racist mm-hmm. i mean you can't i mean yes you can be racist on the basis of any skin color so i mean it's this prerogative of like you were talking about with lori lightfoot saying well i'm a black woman i'm a lesbian i'm this blah 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 and because of my race i'm just a victim in itself mm-hmm. so I, how can i be racist right so like that's like a bigger phenomenon what, what you see with the left is like well, I mean, you're not really taking responsibility. And I mean, I honestly think that's the reason also why she's not elected. I mean, saying stuff like that and repeating that I'm a victim, I'm a victim, even though you're a mayor and you have all this. I mean, you're the one who has privilege as a mayor. Mm-hmm. As a, It doesn't matter what color you are a mayor. You have these <laughs> things that the legislate things. And you saying that stuff obviously proves that you do have privilege. And just, you know, it's it's so ridiculous, you know, trying to backtrack on that kind of stuff and say, oh, I don't, even though you absolutely do as far as funny but yeah it's just ridiculous but Cooper I think we were talking about this a little bit earlier but you were, you were mentioning this for me like during the COVID pandemic to try to bring sympathy didn't she, was didn't she wear like a Halloween costume like a
0: super COVID oh my goodness. costume yeah so yeah, in, I, I believe know it was in it was clearly in October because she was dressed up as Halloween she, she, she dressed up as this was in 2022, I think. So this was way past COVID; should have been over. Vaccine had been out for over a year. She came out as like COVID the destroyer or something like that, and she had like a cape and like a Clorox thing on her chest with like masks on and a headband. It was so embarrassing. It might have been one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen a politician do. they <laughs> think she
1: she uh, she forced people and. In- in our um, chamber to wear stuff too. Cause I think I saw a picture of like some other people wearing some like weird oh, Halloween costume of like COVID. I think it was Clorox or something or like yeah. tissues or some ridiculous thing like that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's like, Oh, imagine, imagine being that. It's like, Oh God damn it. I have to do this. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or you get, but, get yelled at and called a racist and get thrown out and lose your job. Cause that's what you would do. That's <laughs> yeah. what happened.
1: Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. If, like if you didn't wear it. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. She's throwing man. you out. I mean, do you th- <laughs> I mean, do you think, like, this is what I'm saying. Do you think, okay, perhaps Chicago is going to change with a new, with a Republican in the mayor office? I mean, we don't know too much about him. We know he's hard on police. I'm not hard on police. I mean, he's for, mm-hmm. uh, he's hard on crime for the police and reforming the police. So, I mean, do you, th- you see maybe some change in, in terms of the crime in uh, Chicago? I mean,
0: I mean, I think crime is a thing that they can work on because that's heavily impacts your relationship with police officers. If you don't let police officers work, then there's just going to be more crime. That's just the simple equation. Less police equals more crime. Um, to call him like a real cons- like Republican as I don't really know. I know he has been endorsed in his last governor or his, um, not governor- his uh, last mayoral electoral race by the like half a dozen Republicans that are in Chicago. Um, but I don't know if he, if you, you would call him a Republican, he's definitely the most conservative of the bunch. Um, and it absolutely on a local level, things seriously change when you have better leadership, 100%. And so a mayor's a good spot to be in where you have some authority and you can implement real change that people feel on the ground. So things like having a good relationship with police officers, well, I think 100%, um, help affect uh the the kind of rampant crime that they've been seeing lately and at least bring it back to its normal levels you know post 2020.
1: i mean that's true like before we go on to the next topic i i want to mention you know the supporter also of laura lightfoot um she was like he was like the police chief superintendent he actually resigned as well so because he lost oh, his election goodness. So <laughs> thank goodness right <laughs> so like Maybe the actual change is going to take place. Hopefully, man, Chicago, that one area I know is one of the dangerous places in the country. So I forgot what it's mm-hmm. called. But yeah, I mean, hopefully something's going to happen over there. But like, since we're on this, uh, since we should probably change our topic, mm-hmm. and it's interesting, uh, we we're talking about this before, but if you don't really know about it, there's just issues with lawsuits and transgenders. And apparently, there's this lawsuit against Kaiser Permanente, and that they operated on this minor. Who was a minor before to transition, even though it wasn't without his his uh, I don't know it was a her consent, Cooper, but
0: it was so. a lawsuit
1: because they thought it was no, it was a but yeah, but it was against um, was it it was against cause they they grew up and they regretted the surgical decision and they said the, the uh, doctor breached a moral ethical um an elf, a medical elf. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think about
0: that? I'm super excited about this. I can't wait to see all the lawsuits mm-hmm. fall upon these evil hospitals that decided to experiment Frankenstein style on young people. This is a cool trend. I know another lawsuit, the first one I believe was filed in Canada of a, of a, I believe it was a woman um, that was transitioned young, kind of grew up, realized that, you know, this, oh my gosh, what have I done? And is suing the the hospitals that um, that agreed to do whatever these horrific surgeries are, and really in terrible stuff like um, removing their wombs, making them infertile, chopping like taking the tissues off their chests. Just really, really aggressive surgeries and and life altering things. And I can't wait. Another one I believe is in um, Spain is occurring. So there's kind of those three. Um, I can't wait to know. That as soon as they win and they they steal as mu- or not steal they take as much money that they deserve from these uh, hospitals that other individuals that have regrets will come forward and and make their own lawsuits and then this will really de- disenfranchise hospitals from performing sieger- surgeries on minors by the way these are minors
1: right absolutely
0: i mean look Okay,
1: on an individual level, let's talk about the doctor, him hmm. or her performing these surgeries and breaking their oath about doing no harm. Why would they do that on an individual level? And it got me to think, okay, maybe they do it because, you know, they want to maintain security. They want to have this kind of security through money, right? Mm-hmm. So they have that. But it's like, it's like to me, it's like the same thing when politicians get lobbyist monies. To, and they maybe do actions that they wouldn't otherwise without that, but they do it because well, it's, it brings them moves them forward in the chain. Essentially, it does things the doctor, and they, they make more money if they do op- operations like this. I mean, it's it's the same thing as like when they say they don't uphold the constitution, politicians, and it's the same thing when you know they don't do the oath, uphold the oath. It, you know, there are very a lot of similarities between doctors and politicians, but there's something I want to talk about, and the Kaiser Permanente themselves mm-hmm. this kind of uh, massive corporation and they don't really seem like they care about um, providing adequate medical care to the people what they care about is making a profit and you could definitely see this through a lot of policies and I, I look I investigate a little bit more about this and I found some certain things um, about what they did in their mission statement which a mission statement is, is kind of the idea of a mission statement is like the action, the uh, the corporation will take or the private entity will take. There's a couple of quotes I want to read by certain individuals within Kaiser Permanente. Mm-hmm. This one quote by what's his name, Ronald Copeland, and this guy named Ronald Copeland said, "We have compelling opportunity before us to corrupt, to disrupt ourselves and this great organization to lead in the matters of equity." inclusion, and social justice and the transformation of healthcare's future. I mean, this man is the president of the chief, he's a chief equity inclusion officer in this department. Like to me, I mean, I thought that hospitals are mainly supposed to benefit for the health of any, um, you know, patient. I didn't know they're supposed to have a political cause for them too. I mean, I guess the more, you know, I guess there has to be more diverse sick patients, a right. well, little that I know, but I mean, I mean, that's to me, is ridiculous. And there's this another quote by this other man named Nakeem Shukawari, who is a president, executive member of the Southeast Branch of Casa Perente, And he, sa- he said, essentially to the success of our mission, particularly our commitment to improving the health of our communities is addressing racial inequity and overcoming systemic and structural barriers. Oh. I mean, come on, I mean, come on. That's just where you draw a line. I mean, it's, that's what it's I actually- want to hear
0: from my doctors.
1: Right, it's like we don't patients. We want you to solve our our. You want we want you to give us colonoscopies so we don't cancer. We don't (laughs) give a shit when you think about, you know, about these systemic barriers. Yeah, we'll let the politicians talk about. Even that is ridiculous. You know, great. I mean, this it's it's just ridiculous. I mean, to me, Mm -hmm. it's just phenomenally. I I don't know why they do this because maybe they think. I mean, this is not only within medical predictions. I mean, it's people like, you know, Fortune 500 companies, they all endorse this. Goldman Sachs mm-hmm. does the same thing. They they promote these progressive ideolog- ideologues because they think, well, perhaps it's going to help me in the long run because perhaps, you know, we'll start this, this social justice movement and we'll have more supporters. But I mean, average Americans don't want stuff like this. And, and, and to me, it's just like, I feel like I had to address this because it, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think about that, Cooper?
0: Yeah, it's, um. The, the doctors that you this is the thing. You are always it is your favorite kind of um. Your favorite metric that you use to like point any, uh, any motivation for anybody it's always the money and I think this is all this is true in this case as well is because when someone performs these operations these surgeries they are a patient for life right they have. They'll, there's numerous surgeries in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's medication they have to take for the rest of their life. There's high risks of infections and, and other medical ailments that they'll have to treat because of the initial surgeries. So these just become cash cows. So at, as of right now, the medical industry or some doctors have taken whole aware of this and they say, oh, I'm going to make bank performing all these surgeries. The, the good thing that I'm I'm hoping for that will come through these lawsuits is that it's going to start costing them a lot money now, because now they're going to start understanding it's like the monetary gain is now going to be gone. And now it's going to be a little bit more about the actual medical practices rather than just raking in the money of this fad that is occurring. See, okay. And that point of view, I
1: completely understand the aspect of doctors doing that for monetary gain or corporations doing for monetary gain. How about if there's this idea is that, you know, healthcare industries become, became so, I mean, we could say politicalized from perhaps Mm -hmm. the pandemic, but now it's even more so. And perhaps the reason why it's become this huge bureaucracy where now doctors have to comply with the demands of healthcare of operating these particular individuals, or maybe they ought to be fired. This is just, you know, obviously a theory, there's no facts in this. Perhaps that's another thing, the reason why maybe doctors cooperated with these measures.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: I don't know, that's something interesting. But you know, there's something else I thought it was kind of interesting. And I had something, a point about with throughout their mission statement. By the way, this is all stuff Kaiser Permente said on their website page, so you can look mm-hmm. it up and see for yourself what they said. Um, they said, we wanna, we wanna develop culturally co- uh, competent care training in a handbook and this was in, in 1999. So culturally competent care, whatever that means. But this has started. This is, hasn't been the past five years. It's been going on for over 20 years.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they he said this since this is this other thing since 2000, 2001, get transgender care as an add-on benefit for Kaiser Permanente customers. I mean, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. And transgender care as an employee benefit. I mean, this transgender ideologue has been going on for 20 years. But this thing I thought was very interesting. And this is what they want to do in the twenty years. And they said this fast forward twenty years from the original standpoint.
0: And we started to focus on limiting the
1: exclusion for sexual reassignment surgery. So we have focus we're focusing on limiting the exclusion for it. Mm-hmm. Whether that means age group or people, I don't know what that means, but I mean we see that okay, maybe it's not doctors who are doing this, maybe it's people like Kaiser Fermente who are promoting this on a lower level to the doctors and the physicians. Right. So, wow. Well, isn't that a crazy fact though? So, I mean, if you think about it, Cooper,
0: that I mean that is pure evil and it seems like they're right on really? smack dab 20 years yeah. later, they're fulfilling their mission statement to a T. It sounds like <laughs> my goodness gracious. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm
1: saying. It's, it's not only government entities that we have to worry about It's mm-hmm. stuff like these monopolies, like who have control of these resources and they want to gain, gain more power. So they, they adopt these laws and perform these surgeries to, you know, be uh, morally superior in a sense to other people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's another story about transgenderism that I thought was kind of interesting. And apparently uh, Norfolk County is in Virginia. I don't know where exactly it was, but, Apparently, there was this transgender teacher who was supposedly indoctrinating one of her students to use he or him pronouns when it was a girl. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently, she had suicidal thoughts. And that led to the parents to be thinking, like, they were fine with them transitioning or whatever, but they they thought that this kid was uh, actually very skeptical as As well. well. And actually, they told the kids told um, the parents that they weren't uh, very much for this uh, reassignment. I mean, for this gender gender pronoun thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think about that,
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really scary. It makes me never want to put my kids in a school ever because you gotta trust these people um, to take care of your kids, right? the The most yeah. precious things that we have, basically, the entire world is the innocent and the young, and when we decide to hand them over to crazy lunatics that want to push their own political ideology or in their own fashion trend basically onto them, it's it's really scary. And I hope that these people um lose a job. I hope they get sued. I hope they get sued for every cent that they're worth and they be terrified. I mean, I want teachers to be scared when they are directing a classroom because those are our children, mm-hmm. they're not yours. Um, and so you better watch every single thing you say, every single thing you do because um, there's serious consequences to to their actions because in many ways, idle hands and young kids are way mm-hmm. more dangerous to a society than any nuclear armament in the entire world. Um, and we absolutely see that because we've had an entire generation of young people grown up in this and we can absolutely see the effects that it's taking up on them. But I think that's a great place to stop.